Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 683 of the Juicebox Podcast. On this episode of the Juicebox Podcast, I'll be speaking with Megan. She is an adult living with type 1 diabetes, and she has rodeo stories, among other things. She actually has two sisters who also live with type 1. We'll find out more about it on today's episode of the Juicebox Podcast. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, you have the opportunity to support people with type 1 diabetes and this podcast by going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. There, you join the registry, fill out the survey, and in fewer than 10 minutes, you've helped the podcast and people with type 1 with the simple answers to very easy questions. It's just data that they need, but they need you to go answer the questions so they get the data. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Completely anonymous, 100% HIPAA compliant. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. I just received Arden's Omnipod 5 order from US Med. It's a terrific place to get your diabetes supplies. Head over to usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514 to get your free benefits check. Okay, it's kind of surreal because I've heard your voice for so long. It's weird that you're actually talking to me this time. Well, are you worried that it's a voice in your head? Because I could say something <laughs> specific to you. I know your name is Megan. A voice in yeah. your well, I guess a voice in your head would know you're Megan as well, right? <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's think of something I know that your voice. Uh, I don't know anything. The voice in your head wouldn't. I could be a voice in your head, Megan. Oh well, right. You just that have is to true. live with it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Whenever you're ready, go ahead. Hi, my name is Megan. I am a type one diabetic who've been diabetic for 26 years. I also have two sisters that are type 1s, and we just get through this life together. You have any other siblings besides those two sisters? Yes, we have two brothers that are not type 1s. Ooh, so your parents make female type 1s, not male type 1s? Exactly. <laughs> Do your brothers have any other autoimmune issues? Nope, they're perfectly healthy. Bastards. <laughs> right? <laughs> Lucky them. Uh. Wow, that's interesting. Does your mom have any? Nope. Nobody in either side of our family has any really issues. Um, they had done a lot of studies at the beginning when the first two were diagnosed because my oldest sister is 19 years older than I am. And so um, when they were diagnosed, it was three days apart. They had done a lot of studies trying to figure out um, like why it was just those two. And they had first kind of thought about um, maybe it was every other child. Well, then after my middle sister, um, my brother was born and he did, wasn't a type one, but my mom had lost one between the two of them. So they were like, okay, well, it's not that. And my mom talks about how when she was pregnant with my younger brother, 
She said, I prayed that he was a boy and wouldn't be a type one because I couldn't handle three of them. And then three years later, here I come, a girl type one also. Nice of her to tell you that story. Um, let's right. <laughs> so, I said, uh, sorry. So you've had type one for 26 years. How old are you? 29. I was diagnosed when I was three. Okay. And how old is your older sister? She's 48. So they've been, they were diagnosed in 82. Wow. She was nine. And then um, the middle sister was three when they were diagnosed. Like I said, three days apart, um, they ended up getting a conjoined room at the hospital. Um, so that was probably a lot of fun for my parents. Wow. How old is your middle sister? She is 43, maybe. What, you all have the same dad? Yep. Your parents are weird. I love this. Okay, this is going to be fun. Um, and then the brothers are where did just it doesn't matter, but I want to know how how old are the brothers? So the Brandy, or she's the oldest, and then we've got a brother. Um, that's after three years after her. Three years after her is our middle sister Kayla. Three years or ten years later is my other brother, and then three years later is me. Wow. So basically, 48, 45, 43, 33, 26. Or 29. 29. Yep. Wow. 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 And how old are your parents? 112? <laughs> it seems like it sometimes. I guess they feel like it, but they're not. Um, I think my dad's 72, maybe. No kidding. I don't really know. Wow. They got going and they didn't stop. They just took <laughs> big breaks in between. Do yeah. You, every, you... Everyone always asks. They're like, y'all have the same parents. We're like, yep. All the same parents. It's an you obvious just... question. <laughs> yeah. What, what, um, it just happened that way. Was uh, I, I, All right. I'm just going to ask this one last question, then I'll, I'll get off your parents, which <laughs> seems like how your dad did it. He just asked the question and then got off for a while and then got back on again. So um, <laughs> he, um, there's no family planning here. Like the idea of like they just when babies came, they came. Did they make you guys on purpose. Like what's the. Um, the last two of us were definitely not on purpose, but I like to think that we were the best two. I would imagine. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> what, what did your mom do for a living? Did she just sit around and rest her uterus, or did she have a job, or what did she do? Uh, she actually did have a job. Um, she used to work in the school board, so she for a little while she was um, working in the lunchroom, and then she moved to be a secretary at a uh, school with kids with special needs. Mm-hmm. And then she turned into, um, yeah, she was a secretary. Then she turned into a secretary at an elementary school. So when I went to school, my mom worked at the school. Yeah. And so it was pretty easy to go through, you know, all of my type one pro- problems with her only a few doors down. Cool. Yeah, that's great. So, all right. Um, do you have functionally a completely different diabetes than your older sister did do you know what i mean like did she have different gear and different ways to do it than you did did your mom have to learn diabetes a number of times i guess is my question um i don't really think so um when we were younger now nowadays yes absolutely um we all tend to it differently we all have you know different ways to go about it and we all have different A1Cs for sure. <laughs> um, so like when, when I was diagnosed, my two big sisters were doing shots 
and they were checking their blood sugar and all of this stuff. So I started doing my own shots when I was like between four and five, Mm -hmm. just because they did it. So I could do it. Um, which I don't know if that helped my mom or made her even more nervous. I was four years old, giving myself a shot. I don't really know, but that's, you know, and I, so I learned a lot from them up until I was old enough to figure out some things on my own and kind of veered away from some of the ways that they do theirs or have done them. Okay. Well, let's talk about you for a couple of minutes. 26 years. Huh. That's I five. I'm going to guess it's 1995. Is that about right? Yes. Yep. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I shocked myself because I was right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that wasn't true. Okay, Megan. Um, so 1990. What? Well, that's crazy. Because when you say 26 years, I I'm getting so old now. Like that feels like 1980 to me. You know, I don't know if that's <laughs> something you'll under. You probably won't understand that until you're older. But um, so 1995, you're diagnosed. You and you you're working with injections. Um, and yes. you're, and so are your so is your the rest of your family. Um, what's a what's a goal like? Do you know? Do you know what your mom was shooting for? Or what she was trying to do? I mean, I'm assuming not go out of her mind, but you know, like how did she manage things? Yes, um, not go out of her mind was the main goal, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, you know, she just was trying to keep our blood sugar. I mean, back then. I feel like things have changed so much. Back then, it was like you wanted your blood sugar between or what they were telling her, I guess, um, was like 90 to 150. And if we were in there, we were good to go. If not, then we'd have to watch it to see where it was going to go. And then we would do something about it, which obviously nowadays, I really don't even want to be 90. Um, I for sure don't want to be 150. And I'm watching it every, obviously, five minutes and making adjustments at all times rather than how it was done whenever I was first diagnosed or even until I got an insulin pump when I was in the sixth grade. Like, okay, you know, so back then it was just if it was above 150, then we drink some water, go exercise and come back and check and see if it was because, I mean, you don't want to make your four year old do six shots in a day. So you're going to try something else to try to get your blood sugar down before you have to go that route. I see. And, um, what, what, what did you guys do for lows? Um, we just the normal, like orange juice type stuff. Um, or just like a little candy or Hershey kiss. My mom is obsessed with them. And that's probably why, because she had to keep them around for so long (laughs) just to give us a little something to, um, bring our blood sugars up. That's interesting. When did you, I mean, you're talking now about yourself in the, when you're talking about yourself in the present, you're talking like a person who has a CGM. So I assume you have one. I do. Yes. I have a Dexcom. How long have you had that? I think I've had it for about three years. Um, cause I got it a little while before I got pregnant with my first little boy. Mm-hmm. Is that when, so, so I don't want to spoil things and I also don't know the answer, but when did you, like you're talking now, like about keeping very specific blood sugars for yourself. Like when did that start for you and what got you going with that? Um, I tried to keep it pretty steady, um, even on just the regular blood test, but it was when I actually got my Dexcom and could see 
you know, I would, the standard is, you know, you eat, you do a blood test, you know, an hour after you've eaten and see what your blood sugar is. Well, an hour after it was usually pretty good. Hmm. Well, then when I got a Dexcom, it's like, oh yeah, it's pretty good an hour after, but 20 minutes after it's shooting straight up. Um, so I guess it was when I got a Dexcom that I really started paying a lot more attention to keeping my blood sugar stable at all times. Cause I, you know, do a blood test every couple hours. And if it was still pretty good, then you're like, Oh yeah, I've kept it this whole time. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. In reality, that is not how it was. It was jumping up and then staying up and then probably crashing down. And you were just testing at times where it looked okay. Right. Yeah. I remember that feeling like I, I did the nurse practitioner always told me to test at a certain time. And I, I thought, well, if I test then it's definitely going to be okay. Right. And she didn't understand why that didn't make sense to me. I was like, well, we really should understand what's happening in between. Shouldn't we? And she's Mm -hmm. like, no, she's like, it's probably high. And I'm like, wait, what? Like nobody, (laughs) nobody understands this, you you know? So you get a CGM and you start seeing it. Uh, a spike in a meal. What was your first, like, how did you impact that? Um, so I was started talking with my endo a lot more about just trying to get it figured out on what, cause I also, so I got a Dexcom and a new pump on the same day, which maybe not was a good idea, but it's fine. We, we've got it figured out. Um, so then we were working on, you know, I would call him more often and try and figure out, Hey, what settings do we need to change? And nowadays I don't, I don't really call them. I just yeah. do, I just do whatever I think. Um, because obviously I'm not going to make my setting change and then my blood sugar is going to stay 40 for four hours and me not change it back or at least bump it a little bit more. So he's pretty okay with me making some changes on my own just because I pay attention to it a lot more nowadays than. Or I was, and I'm able to pay attention to it a lot more okay. than I was when I first started going to him. So did you like start pre-bolusing? Is that how you, or did you not do that prior? And then the next I did not. Okay. I did not. And I would, I would rarely put in carbs. I think I was like, oh, I probably need two and a half units. We'll just go with that. And then it was like, eh, that probably wasn't correct. But it was, I mean, I was in college and rodeoing and always gone so i was like ah this should work rodeoing you said earlier earlier i couldn't figure it out you said earlier tend to my diabetes and i was like where did that come from like where does like tend i've never heard somebody say tend to it like you would tend to a fire or tend to an animal is that where that came from do you think yeah probably yeah that's cool how long you've been riding um, my entire family has. My dad um used to ride buck and horses when he was younger. And then um they're only the oldest sister. She's the only one in our family that has not rodeoed. Um my husband is a bull rider, my brothers rope calves, I've roped, my sister has. Um, it's just in the family. You know, one of my uncles owns a uh, rodeo company. My brother's made the Super Bowl of rodeo is what they call it. Um, this will be his 12th year. And so it's just in the family. We've all done it and we all love the sport and continue to stay active in it.
When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with pheochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. If receiving your diabetes supplies is a constant headache, just know that it doesn't have to be. You could be using US Med. US Med prides themselves on the white glove treatment that they'll be offering to you. They carry everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest in CGMs like Libre 2 and the Dexcom G6. US Med accepts Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. Better service and better care is what US Med wants to give you. Head over to usmed.com forward slash juice box to get your free benefits check, or you can call 888-721-1514. US Med has served over 1 million diabetes customers since 1996, and they'd love to add you to that list. So if you'd like to get 90 days worth of supplies and fast free shipping without all the headaches, check out US Med. There are links in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in right now and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Gvoke Hypopen, US Med, and all of the sponsors. PBR? Is that the professional nope. bull No, that's something that's different? The, yes, that's the professional bull riding, but we're in the PRCA, which is the Professional Cowboys Rodeo Association. Megan, do you want to hear something weird? <laughs> sure. So I had no idea that you rodeoed or that anybody in your family did. And yesterday, so it, all right, so there's a little bit of a side street. It may not come to a surprise to some of you, but the popularity of the podcast, I get a lot of emails from people who want me to do things. And sometimes they're amazingly odd, like, and don't seem connected to anything that I really am involved in. And yesterday I got an email from PBR and they wanted to know if I wanted to sell tickets to rodeos on my podcast. And I just deleted, wow. I just deleted it because, I, I don't know, first of all, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? But secondly, yeah. I, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Delete. And then you came on here today and said, I rodeo. And I'm like, how does a word that never comes up in my life come up in my life twice in the last 36 hours? That's so strange. So yes. I assume you live in Connecticut? I'm no. no, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> we are in Southwest Louisiana. Okay. Where the hurricanes hit last year, that that was me. They oh. they hit me right, right there. there. No kidding. How is um So you're not the first person I've spoken to from Louisiana. Like so how is healthcare there? Like how is it talked about through your provider? Like are you like the like the most well-controlled type 1 in your provider's office? Like how does that what's the expectation? Um, I, I don't think I am, mm-hmm. but I do know that, like I said, he gives me a lot of leeway on things that I want to do on my own, um, just because he knows that I pay so much attention to stuff. And when I go in, I'm like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. I think we should change this. And that's not, that's if I haven't changed it already. Because 
I like to let him, you know, kind of obviously give me his expertise on it. Right. Um, and so we'll talk about that, but my endo is great. He's super smart and he helps with whatever, but he also will sit there and listen to what I believe we should do rather just being like, Oh, well you don't have a degree, so you don't know anything. I'm going to tell you what to do. Okay. Which is really, really good. You know, now both my sisters also go to him just because he's helped me so much and is like I said, always open to what I believe. Are you close with your sisters? Yes. Do you guys talk about diabetes or does it not come up? Oh, all the time. Okay. All the time. How, how does that intersect with your, your communication and your relationships with them? Um, I don't know. I think it just, I think it makes us closer because, you know, if my, if I just re-inserted my pump and two hours later, it's still not doing what I need it to do. And I get aggravated because I have to put another site in, then I can always text them and you get the, oh my gosh, I hate that. Or man, that sucks. You know, that type of stuff. Yes. That helps, right? The camaraderie. It, it does. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I don't that sounds weird. I wouldn't be the diabetic I am today without them. Um, that does sound weird, but in the same token, that is true. You know, yeah. I know it sucks and I can tell them, yeah, it does suck sometimes, but I'm also going to be there when, um, like our middle sister, she just got on a Dexcom and just got on the same pump that we have. Um, not that long ago. So she's still tr- figuring out the settings and things like that. So, but she can call either one of us and say, Hey, this is what's going on. Or we see because we are all following each other on our Dexcom. So we're like, you know, in the middle of the night, texture, Hey, change your basil, you know, <laughs> things like that. So it does make it way easier. That's not even talking about how when your insurance takes forever to get your supplies and you have to call them and be like, Hey, need Dexcom and uh sensor. I'll give you one back whenever I get my supplies in, you oh, know, yeah, that's that, that's, that's really cool. I hate that we all have it, but it makes it a lot easier when you can do things like that. So you find yourself sitting around sometimes looking at one of your sister's blood sugars in like kind of a thoughtful way. Like what, I wonder what she should be doing or what's going wrong here, et cetera. Or what is she doing? Right. Yes. Do you ever find yourself more interested in their blood sugar than yours? No. no. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a fair. No, statement. I, so I just had a, my second son. Um, he'll be two months old on the 31st. Congratulations. And so Thank you. That was a big deal was to make sure that my blood sugars were where they needed to be because it wasn't just for myself. It was for them. And so when I had my first one, I started paying a lot more attention and, um, you know, making sure that, like I said, my blood sugars were in the right spot for him, not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, He was depending on me and I need to lead him in the right way and get everything on the numbers that they needed to be for him to succeed and be well on his way and a rambunctious little guy just running around with no cares in the world yeah well he's gonna have to ride a horse one day it sounds like he's been on them (laughs) so what did you do during your pregnancy that that i mean did you get the success that you were hoping for 
I did. Um, so my first one, my A1C was about 5.0 um, the whole time. And my second one, it was 4.9. Um, so my OB, his son is a type one. And so that's why they kind of over at our endo, they kind of encourage us to go see him. And he's also great. And so when I started going there, he's like, yeah, your blood sugars are pretty good. And then when it went to 4.9, he's like, whoa, that's pretty low. I don't know if we want it that bad. Well, no, that's fine. And so then he started saying, he's like, well, high blood sugars cause more birth defects. He's like, low blood sugars don't really cause any. Well, then my endo was like, 4.9 is too low. We need to get it up. We need to get it up. So, I mean, there was that. But still, it was pretty stable. Um, The first one was in... How did you how did you make that happen? Was did you just get very aggressive with your insulin? Did you change your diet? Like what did you do? Um, just a lot more aggressive with my insulin, and um, obviously listen to your podcast and knowing about because, like I told you in my email, I've been diabetic for a long time, but yeah. I've learned a lot just listening to what other people are saying or you know the um, episodes that y'all are doing to help. You know, I moved my high um, alert to 120 mm-hmm. and I started paying attention to the pre bolus to see when I should actually do it. Um, just different things like that. I put a lot more effort into. Yeah. Um, and before I was pregnant, my A1C was 6.0 maybe. So it wasn't like that was good. I went from eight till to a 4.9, Yeah, you know, so it was still pretty good, um, but like I said, once I found out I was pregnant, it was it was actually my endo who did the blood work and told me that I was for sure pregnant. Um, and so once I found that out, my mindset changed. Like I said, that it was for him and it wasn't just for me. Well, you got to keep your body in good shape. You have to have three more kids. <laughs> I don't know about that. My yeah. husband... Every time anyone asks him how many kids he wants, he says 12. And I say, <laughs> you can have 12, but I'm not going to. Yeah, you need a different like lady you, for that. Yeah, you can find someone else for well, that. Or four people, maybe, to get that accomplished. Right? Um, 12. <laughs> what is he, Rockefeller? How, how much money he got? Who's paying for these kids? <laughs> right? I don't know if he just thinks, you know, kids are free labor. <laughs> they can help him with the cows and all the things we got going on. I really don't know, but he says that anytime anyone asks him. Do you have a farm? You and your husband? Yes. We um we have some some pastures that are ours and then we have some lease pastures and cows and dogs and all all the good stuff. Wow. Do you make a living with the farm? Is that, um, is that how it works? We we just have that kind of as a side deal. Um we do make money off of it, but we also work other i mean we are self-employed so it's not like we have these nine to five jobs or anything but um we do make part of our part of our living off of it yes cool that's really excellent um yeah tell your husband you cannot make 12 babies and (laughs) is your is your oldest a boy or a girl boy they're both boys two boys would it be so do you worry about them having i mean all three of your sisters have diabetes do you worry about them having diabetes or do you just how do you think about that? Yes. It's obviously always in the back of my mind. Um, so our oldest, it was, we were about to have to take him to a, just a regular checkup. 
and he was he always wanted water, always wanted water. And of course, red flags are coming. And so I tell my doctor, I'm like, you've got to do a blood test on him. Like I can, I have one in my bag, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't know if I didn't want him, you know, I didn't want to prick his finger or if I didn't want to see the results myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that terrified me. So she checked it and she's like, I just want to let you know, it's probably not probably just thirsty. I'm like, who knows? But he, you know, his blood sugar was fine. Um, but it's like I said, it's always in the back of my mind, which I know um, I've read, you know, the, some books about it and things like that. So I know that the female being a type one is a less chance for the children to get it. And then also since I was over 25, when I was pregnant, then that chance also goes down for them. Really? So there's, where did you read that? I mean, that's interesting. I've never heard that. So that's really interesting. I, I thought it was in Jenny's book. In Jenny's book. I'll, yes, I believe so. I'm going to ask Jenny about it. You owe I'm you. not, don't quote me on that because I'm not positive if that was the one that I read it in I'll find out. or if it was something else. No, I'll find out. That's, that's really interesting. But yeah. that, like I said, that's what I read. And so it gives you, it kind of helps me out. Yes. Yeah. But like I said, it's always in the going to be, it will always be in the back of my mind, which my oldest sister has two kids. Um, neither one of them are diabetic. My middle sister has a daughter and she's not diabetic either. Mm-hmm. And so those also help that I'm like, well, they aren't, they don't have it. So maybe my boys won't either. Yeah. Well, I hope not. Um, so your, uh, your sisters have kids as well. Yes. Both of them. Okay. Um, how about your brothers? Did your brothers have any children? Um, one of them has, he has a daughter and then he has a stepdaughter. And there's no and then, diabetes there. Anybody have thyroid issues or anything? Celiac? Um, me and the oldest sister, we have, um, some thyroid issues, you know, I have to be on the thyroid medication for, but other than that, it's really not much of anything. Um, I I think my grandma and my uncle had, um, some problems with their liver. Um, my grandma died from cirrhosis of the liver, which was not caused by alcohol. Um, so, I mean, other than, but other than that, no, really Nobody. nothing. Just okay. All right. I was lucky just, us. Lucky. You guys are just, listen, I'm starting to feel that way sometimes too. I'm like, my gosh, like, how many things can go wrong with people? You know? Yeah. When I was younger, um, it used to kind of aggravate me that I was a diabetic and that my brother wasn't. Mm-hmm. But my mom used to tell me that, you know, we only got it because we could handle it and they couldn't. And I was like, you're right. You know, like <laughs> he could not handle this, which is not true. But whenever I was six, that was for sure the truth. It made you, you know? feel better. Yeah. Yes, I could do it. And he, he just couldn't. So that's why he didn't get it. What does that aggravation feel like? Because I just interviewed a 14 year old yesterday and I asked him if he was bothered that his siblings didn't have it. And he, he said, no, it didn't matter to him. But, um, was it just like when it got frustrating, you're like, well, why is this happening to me and not everybody else? Yes. Um, it was probably mainly, um, so when I got my first insulin pump, um, it was a summer going into my fifth grade year and that's when they were pretty new. Um, the cannula was 
I don't know, it felt like five inches. It obviously wasn't, but, and it also went in at an angle and I was very tiny. And so every time it would go in, it would like hit a muscle or hit something and bend. Well, so we were going to um, a big rodeo that we'd go to in Colorado Springs in the summer. And I was so sick because my blood sugar was, you know, my, the pump wasn't working right. We couldn't figure it out. And that's pretty much mainly the time that it got so aggravating was because he could go and have fun and do all the stuff that we do, you know, at that rodeo that we'd go to every year. And I literally just had to sit in the camper because my blood sugar was going so crazy. Hmm. For the most part, it didn't bother me. And I've never gone through this stage where I'm like, I don't want to be a diabetic. So I'm just not going to take care of myself. Um, our middle sister did. She did go through that stage. She now has a glass eye because of it. Oh my gosh. And so maybe seeing that happen to her made me realize, Oh, just because you doesn't, you don't want it doesn't mean it goes away right. and you still have to take care of yourself to prevent things like that from happening. And so, um, like I said, I didn't, Obviously, when I was little, it was, I probably did get aggravated at him, but for the most part, it wasn't too bad. You know, I wasn't just angry that I had the disease and that may have had a lot of dealings with that. My sisters had it also. Mm -hmm. So if I was mad that I had it, then I had to be mad that they had it also, but they weren't, you know. At that time, they weren't mad about it, so I didn't need to be. When did your sister, did she um, Did she always ignore it, or was there a spot in her life when it nope, popped up? Nope, there was, yep, a spot in her life, um, just a few, I don't even know if it was a few years, but she just got a, got a boyfriend. She was, you know, in her probably 18 or 19 and just didn't, just didn't want to take care of it, didn't want to be diabetic and obviously now she regrets it majorly and she knows that all the issues that she has was her own fault pretty much that you know she did that to herself back in her younger days but she's she's doing a lot better now yeah people shouldn't have to pay with an eye to learn a life lesson you know it's terrible yep yes i'm sorry um but you say it did value. There was value in her struggle for you because you just were like, "Oh, okay, I can't ignore this. I'm just not going right. to." Right. Um, how about your older sister? Is she how old? How old was your oldest sister when she was diagnosed? Do you know? She was nine. She was nine. How about the next one? Three. And then you were three as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, do any of you have children? Do any of them have daughters that are older than three? Yes. Older than nine. Both of them do. Do they have older than nine-year-olds? Yep. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's- the the oldest one, her daughter's 28, and the other one, hers, is 20. Do you guys ever consider doing trial net for the kids? No. No, we haven't. Would you want to know? I, I don't know. It's a hard question, right? I would. Right. Yeah. I I would psych myself out so many different times if I probably if I knew there was a chance rather than just trying to live our lives and, you know, be able to enjoy them and 
then if it comes up, it comes up. Um, I know how to deal with it. I know, you know, yeah. I know how to live with being a type one. And so I could teach them, which well, obviously you- it will be very different to be in the mother of one yeah. rather than being it myself. I will probably, I would cry a lot more. Uh, <laughs> Than I do just for myself. Probably just but, in the beginning. Do you cry about diabetes still? Is no. It, does, it, does it get overwhelming? No, not really. Not anymore? You ha- had it in the no. past? Um. Yeah, it used to. Um, like I said, when I was in college, it's, it's not like I was a party anymore. I've never had alcohol or drugs ever in my entire life. So it's not like I just got off on, you know, right. drugs and alcohol in college and my blood sugar went crazy, but I guess it was just late nights and things like that that would make my blood sugar kind of go a little, a little different than they are now. Right. Um, and so then it would, it would be aggravating just that I was always having to do something different to take care of it. Yeah. When the same things weren't working. But no break, like you didn't have any like real breakdowns where it just. No, it kind of crushed. No, you. not really. Okay. Um. Oh, or my question just flew out of my head. That's insane. I've been thinking of this question for ten minutes. How is it possible that now that I need it, it's not there? This <laughs> is very disappointing, Megan. All right. So while I find my question, um, can you tell me a little bit about what you've taken out of the podcast that's been valuable for you? I think the number one thing really is changing your high alert to the 120 because obviously it makes so much sense now mm-hmm. when you you know when i heard you say it you know change your change it to 120 because it's going to take you less time and less insulin to get it back to where you want it to be rather than when it alerts you at 150 or 180 and when you said that i really just wanted to hit myself in the head and be like duh hello <laughs> you know why didn't you think of that that's um, amazing yeah that's so cool that it's such a simple idea right but if you don't get yeah. high you won't get high so just yeah stop it before it happens if it doesn't you're right yeah and i really think that helped a lot in my pregnancy was that it and one time um i know my insert i guess had messed up in the middle of the night Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't wake up to it. I didn't wake up feeling high or whatever. And when I did wake up, I think my blood sugar was 250. And okay. then, okay, I lied. I bawled my eyes out, like freaked out because my blood sugar was 250 for, you know, six hours or whatever. And I never took care of it to take care of my baby. And I just instantly knew something was going to be wrong with him. You know, I was like, I, I had a high blood sugar. Oh, my goodness. So I talked to my mom and my sisters, and they're like, calm down. It's fine. It Your blood sugar wasn't that high. You know, it wasn't above 600 for six months. It was it was only a short time. It's not going to affect anything. Right. Just get it back down, and everything will be pretty fine, you know. But at that moment, my husband was working out of town so I was home alone with the um, our oldest one, and it just I, it was like I was a failure as a mom at that moment because I didn't 
check and make sure that my blood sugar was not high in the middle of the night while I was sleeping, you know? Any, any, do you think that might be some like pregnancy hormones too? Like the reaction? Yeah, or, probably. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I, cr- I cried a lot when I was pregnant and my husband, he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm so happy. Like, <laughs> uh, it doesn't feel like that. I'm like, yes, I am. And he's like, okay. Hey, he wants well, to do that just... 10 more times, does he? Yeah, I don't know. Um, So I, you know, it's funny. I said, can you tell me about this? And you were three words into it. And I instantly thought of what I wanted to ask you. And I was like, that's amazing, my stupid brain. Um, But my question I've been dying to know the whole time is, you kept such an amazing A1C during the pregnancy. How has it been afterwards? Um, It was, I think, 5-1. Went a couple weeks ago when I went to my endo and then after my other son, it never went above six. I think it was 5.2, um, maybe went up to 5.7, um, between having the two of them, wow, you're which they're a- only two years apart. So yeah, not even two years apart. You've got a system now, like, you know what you're doing. I feel like it's, I've got it down pretty good, but then the way type one is you, I mean, you're like, you're like, I've got it figured out. And then boom, there goes something. Well, something could change in your body physiologically or, or, you know, about your exercise routine or stuff like that, but you could still adjust to that. Um, I'm I'm saying, I know you don't want to jinx it, but you're doing really well. Like that's yeah, that's, I feel like it. Yes. Yeah, no kidding. I am proud of it. And my husband, he will take all the credit. Um, before we, I mean, we've been together for seven years. And before we got together, you know, it was just like, oh yeah, my blood sugar's fine. It's fine. Oh, you're eating a pancake. Oh, good. I'll have a few bites. It's fine. You know, whatever. And he and I used to love pop tarts. That's probably terrible, but I loved pop tarts. Fried Pop-Tarts, wait, not wait, fried Pop-Tarts. Slow down, Megan. <laughs> For, wait, hold on just a second. You took me by surprise. You've said a lot of things that I'm not, like, accustomed to, like, with rodeo and stuff like that, but you fry a Pop-Tart? I actually got it at a big rodeo in Canada, in Calgary. Um, yes, it is a, it's a Pop-Tart fried in pancake batter, which is probably the worst thing a wait, diabetic wait, could wait, ever have. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, stop. So wait, so I take the Pop-Tart, I dip it in pancake batter, and then I put yep. it in hot grease? Yes. So it's like a pancake with a Pop-Tart center? Yes, and it is absolutely delicious. <laughs> yes, it was, like I said, probably the worst thing for a diabetic because Pop-Tarts are a bajillion carbs, and sugar and they hit really hard they're not even commiserate to their carb count they're really tough to bolus for yes yes they are and so when he got i guess brave enough to be like look we're gonna have to make some changes here um that's probably when i first started like paying attention a little bit more okay is when he started talking about it so he talked about Um, like help more healthy eating yes he He was like no pop tarts absolutely not you cannot have those anymore and i have not had a pop tart and i couldn't tell you i think but i see them at the grocery store and they look phenomenal oh megan we gotta get you a better snack yeah that's good um so two things i 
listen, pop tarts aren't good for anybody. Let's just say that. <laughs> just, you know, it's just they they make diabetes difficult if you're using insulin for certain, um, or I guess if you were type two as well. But um, I, but is he like a better eater? Like, has he like see a more healthy like is like are you eating pop tarts while he's having Brussels sprouts and a piece of fr- chicken or like? No, he's really a huge fan of honey buns, Um, but he doesn't really, he really doesn't like sweets. Mm -hmm. Um, He is actually the cook in the family. He loves to cook and he cooks really well. We try not to tell him because his head gets really big, Mm -hmm. but he does cook really well. (laughs) And we're from the South and in Louisiana. So we eat rice with like pretty much every meal. Right. So it's not like he's a healthy eater, but I guess he doesn't like sweets for one. And then he realized that those are really, really bad for me. Yeah. So he's like, hey, maybe you shouldn't have those. And then he would just um, like in a loving way, want my blood sugar to be the best just so that I would feel better and all this stuff. And so, yeah, I do. I do not usually give him the credit, but he deserves some of it. Well, I don't want to push you down a road, but what's your favorite Pop-Tart? Strawberry. Strawberry? Hot or cold? Yeah, that's the one. Hot. Hot. All right. Like crunchy? That's the ones they fried. So the one I actually had, it gets worse and worse. It was the fried Pop-Tart, and then they put like whipped cream on top with fruity pebbles. Oh, my God. And so it... Like, it was terrible. A Canadian did this for to you? Yes, yes. They're supposed to be it, kind. So they, it's like the festival, you know, like the huge, they have all the rides and all this stuff, the Calgary Stampede. Um, and so they had the fried Oreos, fried ice cream, fried butter, you know, all that fun stuff. Wait, you can and fry then, butter? Yeah, it's it's weird. And ice cream. I don't understand how they do it. I have never tasted either. So um. How would you like but, so the butter hits the it's gotta be frozen, right? Do you put frozen butter into the how the hell do you fry butter? Isn't butter just grease that hasn't been melted yet? Yeah. Right. I know that's it's confusing, but people do it. Probably a wizard living in Canada that figured that out. <laughs> I, I have to be honest with you, I've never had any of the things you've just said. And as you're saying them, I don't want them. <laughs> but <laughs> but I don't like greasy stuff to begin with. Like anything deep deep fried is not really my speed. Um, but that's, uh, all right. That's really interesting. Okay. So, um, so you're not having trouble managing your blood sugars after the pregnancy. Like sometimes people come on and talk about, like, I was able to take care of it during pregnancy, but after the baby came, I got so busy and like, I kind of forgot about myself, but you're, you're staying on top of it. Yes. So this one, um, the first, my first one, my blood sugar would drop crazy amount um breastfeeding him mm-hmm. so i could it could be 120 when i start feeding him and by the end of his feed it's like 60 um and so when i went back to my endo um after i had him or had my second one we kind of tweaked some things and it hasn't been like that now I, the past few days if it's you know my budget some you know if I over bolus because I'm actually working at a rodeo right now um okay and so it's there's a lot going on 
But if I over bolus and am working and don't finish my food in enough time before the bolus hits and it starts going down like one little, one little baby piece of chocolate to try to get it up and level out, Mm -hmm. it's just shooting it straight up. So that's something that I need to work on. Um, I don't know what, (laughs) I don't know what could cause that or what settings I need to change because it doesn't make sense, but um, for the most part, it has been pretty easy for me to um, to take care of and to stay on track. I guess just because I still just want to make sure I take care of myself for them. Yeah, you know that they don't deserve me to not take care of myself or to not pay enough attention to be able to take care of myself. So, Megan, you're a good mom. Thank you. Yeah. And the the oldest one, like I said, he's he's a rambunctious little guy and he loves to be on the move and play buck buck with pillows and watch tractors go around in circles for hours and <laughs> you don't just release them in the wild after you have them, right? You keep them in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the most part. <laughs> he's re- he's released a lot. <laughs> Cuz I was like maybe she's just like putting them out in that pasture and then they're not really yeah, that much Yeah, they can really. take care of themselves. Yeah. Um you you referred to the end of breastfeeding as like the end of feeding time and that was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't laugh cuz you were being so genuine when you were talking about it. But- <laughs> Between, that was between tending diabetes <laughs> and referring to the kids like cattle, like for feeding. I was like, this is hilarious. I love this. I, I love. Well, I will tell you, my husband says, um, so my breastfeeding journey ended at four months with my first one. And he says, this one's going to be better because um, I was fattened up a little bit more before I had this one. And then you always, they always produce milk better on their second one. So when, you know. When they're a heifer and they're pregnant, the milk's not that good. But their second one, they produce more milk. So, so your husband, my husband re- refers to all of us as, <laughs> as cattle. You're all just cattle in his mind. Just <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so he he took what he knew about how cattle produce milk and explained that your breastfeeding is going to go differently because of this. Yes, yes, it's going to be way better this so, time. So I so make, we'll see. I want to make sure I understand. <laughs> the first time you were a heifer. Yes. And what is the so, heifer? What's the designation for heifer? What does that mean? A heifer is a female uh, calf that has not had a cow yet. Have has not had a calf yet. Okay. And so once they have a calf, then they are now a cow. Okay. All right. So uh, so you're a heifer if you've never had a baby, and you're yep. a cow once you have had one. Yes. And so you're a cow now. So since you're a cow, I'm a cow. your milk's going to be better. Yep. Now yeah. I was a little fatter. You, you <laughs> a gotta, little fattened up before. You got to make sure he doesn't throw you on a milking machine and try to make money yeah. off of you. <laughs> you fall asleep. You'll wake up here. Click, 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 click. You're like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold on. What's happening? <laughs> yep. yep. That's, a, that's a loving thing, right? For people up north who hear this, like he's not commenting on your weight. It's literally just. No, like, yeah, no, no. It's I know. as genuine and loving as he can be. That's excellent. If you have more than one calf, you're just always a cow. Yes. How do you think it would go if I referred to my wife as a cow today uh, without explaining this conversation to her? Not well. Not not well. (laughs) I would advise against that. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I was just wondering uh, what you thought. Like, what level of lamp do you think would come at my head if I was like, I was talking to Megan today and her husband says you're a cow. So, um, 
Yeah, without context, I think it gets ugly. Yeah. I would definitely yeah. die in that conversation. Yeah, I would oh not end well. Does your um of your three siblings who have diabetes, would you call your your management the tightest or no? Yes. Do they ever ask you about it because they can see your CGM? Yes. What do they want to know? Yeah. Um, just on like the changes that need to be made on their settings, you know, like, Hey, can you look and see if my, you know, if my correction needs to be changed or if it's actually my carb ratio that needs to be changed. And so we'll go through, um, stuff like that and kind of work on figuring, figuring it out, Mm -hmm. um, before we have to call our endo and get his opinion on it. Do they listen to the podcast? I think they do some, but not as much as I do. Has that ever been your answer? Have you ever been like, you should just listen to this? Yes. I've told him multiple times. (laughs) I'm always trying to understand. By the way, I have to get this thought out of my head before I go down this road. Do you think I could get away with calling the episode Megan as a cow? I couldn't, right? There'd be backlash from many different feminine groups and things like that i would there I, probably would i'd get canceled yeah, yeah okay so we're not you gonna can either do that. do that or fried pop tarts fried pop tarts yeah that's a pretty good one too i have to be <laughs> honest that's a really good one you might have just done it okay um so <laughs> so i'm trying to understand not about your sister specifically but in general i was just having this conversation actually before i got on with you i was having a conversation with one of the people who facilitates one of the ads that I have on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about a thing that I wanted to do to help people. And I was looking for funding for it. And we were having a bigger conversation. And during that conversation, I said, it's hard to get, to, it's hard to do a good thing for people. Like you, you, you have to talk them into it sometimes. And there, right. I, I said to her, I was like, there are times I want to just like grab people and go, listen, I'm going to do this thing for you now. It's going to help you. Like just, accept it. You know what I mean? Like, because sometimes Mm -hmm. it just, it's not that easy. Like making the information available isn't enough. Sometimes making it accessible and easy to listen to is not enough. Sometimes, sometimes people I've had people tell me, I don't have time to listen to the podcast. And I'm like, well, I don't understand. You're wasting, in my opinion, so much of your life fighting with diabetes, like just make a few hours here and there. And then you don't have to have that fight anymore when it's over, but it's not that easy to get through to people. And I don't yep. know why. I mean, I, I haven't given up on trying to figure it out, but it's frustrating. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, that but- is true. Just to give them the information, like you said, readily available doesn't always work. Um, it's not enough. Pushing them to to try and listen to it. I forever just and think get of, harder. Yeah, I forever just think of one person who responded to me. I said, look, you know, I've put a lot of my life and time and effort into creating these episodes here. I think if you just listen through them, your answers are in there. Plus way more. You'll just, it'll be easier for you. And she's like, can't you just explain it to me? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I did I, in I, all I, of these episodes. I, I put them in the, <laughs> I did already. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. Like, just go listen, <clears throat> but too much. And so, right. you know, I don't know. Like, I don't want to think that some people are beyond, hold on one second. <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's a time of year. Um, I don't want to think that people are um, beyond help because I think everybody could figure it out. And I do think the information would reach most people. 
I just, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it can't be my job to chase people around one at a time. But do you ever feel responsible for your sisters? Do you ever feel um, like you know something and why won't they just do it or listen or has that ever come up to you? Yes, I've actually, um, for them and for my OB, I actually, I guess before I knew you had a list of all the defining diabetes episodes and things like that and the pro tip series, I went through and made a list of them. And I was like, look, you don't have to listen to, you know, like this, like just, this is about my life. I'm not really going to teach anyone about anything right here. Well, I think you're um, wrong, but okay. But, you know, I'm like, if you at least listen to these, they're teaching you a lot of things that will affect your diabetes and how you manage it and all of this stuff. So I'm like, if you're only going to listen to some, then listen to these. Yeah, I agree with that. Which, yeah, I, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't really know how many they have listened to. Um, they They do have better control of it within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's because I decided that I needed better control over mine or what really pushed them to, to no, I understand. think yeah. about it more, but well, yeah, they, nowadays they are. That's excellent. I, I am. I agree with you too. Like, I think the podcast is entertaining. I enjoy it. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying talking to you. I think people would really enjoy listening to this. Um, but everybody doesn't want this conversational stuff. Some people really do just want the management stuff and they want to be gone. And I, I understand. I think there's a lot to be learned from the conversations. But if you just want to do the management stuff, I get why you would feel that way. Um, right. But, I mean, it's out there. It, and it's, um, like, I stand behind it. That Those pro tip episodes, the defining diabetes, even like the new variables, that kind of stuff is... Mm-hmm. You're not going to get that kind of information from a doctor. And right. it's just very helpful. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I want to make sure, is there anything we haven't talked about that you wanted to? I don't want to get through an hour and have missed something. Um, no. Why did you want to come on? I, I feel like now I've made my husband sound like a jerk, but no, he yes. really is. He really is. That's what you're worried about? <laughs> yes, I after I said that, I was like, man, people are going to think, why is she married to someone who talks to her about, like, she's a cow, but... But he doesn't talk to you like you're a cow. He's using colloquialism <laughs> yeah, that, for another part of the of, yeah, of life. that's what I mean. Yeah. He just is explaining to me as something that he already knows about. So I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but well, he no. really is very loving. Can I tell you how I took it? I actually <laughs> took it like maybe breastfeeding the first time was difficult. And that he was trying to comfort you and tell you that it was probably going to be better this time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was that was it. <laughs> yeah, in his own way. Exactly. I thought it was terrific. I I I, really, <laughs> I, I took it as loving, and I took it as um, I, I mean, I took it as a, a an insight into your life. I didn't take it as like he's some bad guy running around calling you a cow in a mean way. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, why is she still with him? <laughs> well, no. obviously. Because you still have to have 10 more of his babies. You can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do think he's wrong about that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't. We're just going to let him think what he wants to think for now. <laughs> Megan, it's I easier think, that I, way. I think if he get, keeps that thought in his head, you're going to start keeping a stick next to the bed that you're going to hit him with. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> get I'm not having 12 babies. 
my God. Exactly. 12 babies. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to be responsible for 12 oranges. I would be afraid they'd go bad before I could eat them. <laughs> yeah. That's oh a lot. That's yeah, a no lot. Kidding. How did your mom, now that you guys are older, do you ever talk to your mom about your diabetes? Does she still worry about it? Yes. Yes. Um, especially since she can see all of our Dexcoms. Um, she still does worry about it a lot. I sometimes turn mine off because I have a husband that lives in the house with me. So if my blood sugar is going low in the middle of the night and I don't wake up on my own, he's going to wake me up. Yeah. You know, and so sometimes I don't want my mom to have to know about it, I guess. Sure. Um, Because I'm like, I can take care of it. Um, now, when I'm home alone, then I'll, you know, turn it back on for just in case I don't wake up and they wake up and call me and say, hey, you know, maybe you should check that out. Um, but she still does worry about it a lot. Um, and my dad even, he'll wake up in the morning and say, okay, who was the culprit last night? Well, you know, who was it? Who was it? That was... <laughs> yes. He's like, who was it last night that made all this noise? But they, um, they but, want to know that it's so part yes. of it's for safety, but part of it is because it's just ingrained in them, right? Like worrying about yep. you guys and, and, and staying on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think I get that. I also understand you wanting to have privacy from it too, but um, do you think she understands it at all? Like, does your mom get the whole CGM thing? Is she following along still? Yes. Really? Yeah, she, um, when we first got them, you know, we kind of explained a lot of things to her. Um, and just like stuff on your podcast, when I tell her, I'm like, oh, you know, this is what I learned. And she does kind of like me. She's like, oh, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to do, mm-hmm. you know, to do it that way, to catch this or whatever. So she still wants to learn about it and wants to help us in any way that she can that's sweet that's really nice yeah it makes me feel good she's she's a good lady yeah she's not bothered by it either it it just seems no yeah it's really excellent well you seem like a good mom it seems like you had a good mom so makes sense right yep i hope i can be half the mom she is well i'm sure you will be i'm sure you'll do much better i'm sure you'll take what you learned from her and and build on top of it I'll try to. Are you worried that you won't be a good mom? Uh, no, not really. Um, I just know how much my mom has done for us. And anytime I have any questions or need anything at all, that she'll for sure be there. And I plan to be the exact same way for my boys. I see. Um, so I don't, I don't think I will be a bad mom. Just- I just want, I just have a lot of, Big shoes to fill. You have such high regard for your mom. You think it's it's a you might have difficulty living up to what she's done. Yes. No, I bet you won't. But that's really sweet. That's excellent. I like you, Megan. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> this is fun. Uh, I think you were wrong about the strawberry pop tarts, but I think otherwise it's fun. <laughs> like what pop? Pretty decent person after that. <laughs> no, I don't. I just mean picking strawberry <laughs> first. I think I would have chosen, like, what Pop-Tart would I go to right now if I was having a Pop-Tart? Brown sugar. 
Yeah, I I mean, when I was younger, it was the hot fudge Sunday one. I didn't even know. But now, yeah, now I'm just straight strawberry. Now, um, my oldest one, he loves the little Nutri Grain bars Mm -hmm. um, with the strawberry. Okay. So it's basically like a Pop Tart. It's just a lot better for him than an actual Pop Tart. (laughs) Healthier Pop Tart. (laughs) Yes, they do. They do have. Some kind of like sugar-free pop tart. I I don't know if it's good or not, and I've thought about ordering it a couple of times. I haven't, mm-hmm. but I feel like the Nutrigrain bars; those are pretty. They're That's, they're pretty good, yeah. and I feel like they're not as terrible for us. So we just eat those and we pretend like they're pop tarts. <laughs> You guys should basically be eating lettuce at home because when you go to the rodeo, you're going to eat something horrible. You need to balance yes. that out sometime. Yes, for I think, sure. I think one of the most shocking things you told me is that Canadians are peddling terrible food to people at, at rodeos. <laughs> Why is Can- is Canada's a big like rodeos are big in Canada, right? Yeah. 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 Wonder why that is. Hmm. They're big. A lot of places that people don't think they think if you rodeo, you're definitely from Texas, which, you know, they honestly, that's where most, most people in America, they think that's it. Mm -hmm. You rodeo, you're from Texas. They don't understand. I mean, like Florida, when you think of Florida, what do you think of beaches, Disney world, Florida has more horses and cattle in it than any other state yeah but people don't understand that they just don't know florida is a southern state like at its core for sure like it's just has it just happens to be on a sunny (laughs) just have sunny beaches yeah Yeah. now that's that's 100 percent certain i think of florida as like texas with a beach (laughs) yeah Uh, yep that's pretty much it yeah okay all right hey um i just have a last question for you and i'll let you go what what do you do in the rodeo I don't compete anymore. I used to rope. Um, so on a horse, chasing a calf and rope it. And then my rope breaks off and the calf runs away. Like, because he's having a great time. Were you any good at it? I'm not going to say I was very good. No. No. My did brothers you, are. My brothers are good. It? Did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. But now I, so now, like I said, I'm working a rodeo right now. Um, now I work for a photographer, mm-hmm. so he takes pictures of the rodeo events and then I go in and take the pictures off of the card that he has put them on. And then I move them into different folders for each person so that when they come up to look at their pictures, all they have to do is tell us their name and they can look at every picture we've taken of them the whole time. And so we do this, um, we come to Perry, Georgia twice a year and then we go um to just we go to oklahoma we go to texas we go to louisiana we just go all over and do that um wow. so that's that's what we're doing right now does your husband rodeo yep he used to ride bulls no kidding that seems like a crazy thing to me <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy yeah his whole right side's titanium and then his Bottom left half is titanium also. He's got a couple of plates and screws and things going on. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that sounds like you just said to me, like, he climbed on the back of a bear and then held onto it. 
Like I just doesn't yep. make any sense <laughs> to me. Um, but that's that's fine. It's fun to watch. I'll tell you that much. Yep. Yeah. It's it's exciting and also terrifying at the same time. Yeah. No kidding. All right. Well, I um I I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank did, you. Did you have a good time? Yes. Did you? Yeah. I I was nervous. Pretty nervous at first, but then I was just like, oh well, this you, is it. This is me, and you did great. They, you know, it, if it works, it works. What 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 would um do you? I, and I've never asked anybody this before. But do you ever have? Did you have a concern that other people with diabetes wouldn't like your answers about diabetes, or you didn't think of that? Ah, uh, yes, kind of. Yeah. Um, you know that, but I'm a warrior, and I want to please everyone. And so I do, I mean, obviously I freaked out that I said my husband talks about me like he talks about a cow. So that <laughs> made me, you know, I kind of freaked out and was like, oh man, I shouldn't say that. Um, so yes, I do worry that people are like, oh, why is she, you know, why is she doing it that way? That's not the right way. She's supposed to do it this way, which in actuality, we all have our different ways of tending sorry no, tending to it sorry you were, um, you were getting to it you almost said tending to diabetes again i would have loved that <laughs> megan come on yes um you know we all have our different ways to tend to the issues that come up with our disease yep. and just because the way i tend to mine is not the way that so-and-so tends to theirs does not mean that i'm Doesn't right or they're wrong. right exactly um, it just is what works for us and imagine you no know, Imagine if I would have thought that, if I would have said, no, I don't want to say what I do because I'd be afraid that people would disagree with it. Then none of this would exist. So right. And I, I wouldn't have had so much success from now, you know, almost changing the way that I yeah. viewed the disease, I guess, and took care of it. And well, I went ahead with 4.9 A1C when I was pregnant. Yeah. Did you name the kid after me? I didn't. Damn it. Nobody's... It was a cl- it was one of, it was a top runner, but no, didn't make wasn't. the cut. You don't have to lie. To okay. <laughs> hey, people are buying um people are getting vanity license plates that say juice box on it now. So uh-huh. uh, that's just as good as a baby to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have there's three now. Um Pennsylvania, Indiana, and Ohio. People have gotten wow. juice box license plates. I didn't ask anybody to do it. They just did it. I'm very, I'm, I'm oddly very proud of it. <laughs> yes, you should be. I don't know why That's exactly, awesome. but I'm like, I didn't expect when I started a podcast that one day people would be like, you know, I'm going to put the name of this podcast on my license plate. It made me feel like <laughs> I have to do it. Like, what if somebody in New Jersey gets it before I do? Yeah. Maybe I have to do yeah, it. Yeah, then, yep. Well, I thought I you did a good. great job. And I appreciate everything that you shared. I want to be clear that I think if people wouldn't come on and share how they really feel that the podcast would be valueless. So it's not not important for people to agree with each other. It's important to hear different ideas. And then you can either say, no, I'm good with what I'm doing or wow, she made a good point about that. And, you know, I, that thing you talked about, about setting a 120 alarm for your CGM. I believe that in my heart. But I can't say it every day. You know what I mean? Or the podcast will get right. repetitive or boring. Yeah. So you brought it up. So I'm thrilled that you did. Truth is, 
you set a high alarm at a lower level, you can respond sooner before your blood sugar gets higher and use a smaller amount of insulin to stop the rise, which makes you less likely to have a low later. That sentence is really important. And I'm glad you brought it up today. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for teaching it to me. Ah, come on. It's just something that popped into my head once. And I was like, that makes <laughs> sense. Then I tried it and it worked. And then, you know, it was years later, I had somebody from Dexcom, like a scientist from Dexcom come on. And there's an entire, they've done an entire study about that in the, oh. in, in the last couple of years. And it just holds true. You set those alarms yeah. at a certain spot, you will do better. That, mm -hmm. That's it. So anyway, um, I am going to go. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, could you hold on one second for me before you hang up? Yep. Thank you. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I'd also like to thank U.S. Med and remind you to go to usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514 to get your free benefits check. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.